Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. Welcome into another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. This is Bennett Conlin trying out a new deep voice thing. Uh, I think this might get me a new, <laughs> new job somewhere paying, you know, hopefully a million bucks a year. Uh, it's the JMU Sports News Podcast. I'm Bennett. I've got Jack and Patrick here. We're going to talk about Sunday night football. We've got a big matchup with Ben DiNucci looking like he might be the starting quarterback, which... I was saying earlier in the offseason, uh, I expected Dak to break his ankle uh, and Dalton to get horribly concussed. So I, I don't know. I feel like I called this, bro. That's foul. <laughs> oh, I can't even get myself together on that one. No, <laughs> Like, wh- what do you expect? I mean, I guess we'll just dive into a first question. Let's go. What do you expect out of Danucci like this week? Because Dalton isn't out of concussion protocol. And what is it? It's Wednesday now. So you assume... We're in the area of it's 90% Danucci is going to start against North Dakota State uh, alum Carson Wentz. Um, I'm not saying that Ben Danucci is going to go out there and outduel him, but one has a better passer rating than the other is all I'm saying. Um, but what do you expect out of Danucci? Well, first of all, it is a perfect storm to get him here. Like this is like JMU getting college game day levels. Twice. Of, like, perfect, yeah. Everything aligned, right? So you got the horrible injuries, which like you obviously never want. But you got Dak going down, you got Dalton going down. So it puts him in a position. And they can't really sign a guy. They can't sign like a midweek replacement because of the COVID protocols. It takes so long to bring a guy in. So they they kind of have to go with Danucci, which is amazing if you're a JMU fan. If you're a Dallas fan, you're like, oh my God. Um, but I think the issue here among other issues is that their offensive line is abysmal, like just horrible. Cause it's, it's really injured at this point. Right. So they don't have many guys. It's just bad. Yeah. I mean, Washington was destroying him. Like he was two for three and also got sacked three times. Didn't he also have two fumbles or something like he that? He put the ball on the deck. And I think his, I think his guys recovered it. I don't know if he lost any of them. I don't think he did. Um, so I guess there's that going for him, but yeah, ball security is going to have to be a big, a big thing. Fletcher Cox feel like he might find his way in the backfield once or twice. Uh, he's a little bit larger than Ben DiNucci, so that'll be a challenge if that happens. But my expectations, I have very low expectations. I think for him, like, <laughs> the fact that he's starting the NFL game is insane to me. It's like, that's awesome. Live it up. Go out. Do what you do. Um, if they can give him any sort of pocket, his weapons are pretty good. 
Um, at the same time, like Philly's defense is not that bad. Like it's inconsistent, but like you got Darius Slay on the outside, they can make some plays. So all right, Lions. I don't know about you, but but my <laughs> my expectations are uh, incredibly low. Yeah, I remember last week I had that whole rant about Ben DiNucci starting um, this season, like Cowboys fans <laughs> thought, and then it went out and Dalton got the dirty. Was it a? It was a dirty hit. I mean, it was. <laughs> he. I can't even finish the sentence. It was a big hit to the head. And it so, was, like, I didn't expect that to happen. Um, just right. like how I didn't expect Dak to have a compound fracture in his ankle. Right. Um, but here we are. I hope hope for the best. I will preface by saying I did bench CeeDee Lamb um, in fantasy. So that's any indication of how you think I believe Ben DiNucci will do. Um, take that for what it's worth. I hope he goes out and plays well. But like you said, the offensive line isn't there. Um, I don't know if he's ready to start an NFL game, a seventh round FCS quarterback. Like we may pound our chests and say that we're just as good as the big boys in the FBS, but like, we're not <laughs> like he's played, he played against <laughs> much smaller talent. Like his post game, he had a great, pro- you shared with me the uh, entire quote, but what they quoted right after the game at first made it sound terrible, but he's right. Like he said, chase Young's a big guy. Like I'm not used, I played it at like JMU. I'm not used to playing against chase young caliber players. And he's going to be playing against a lot of chase young caliber players in Fletcher Cox in a great corner and a lions, former lion and Darius slay. Um, the Eagles front seven isn't bad. It's, it's a top. It's, I argue it's you no, know, the, the Redskins, excuse me, the Washington football team. Um, <laughs> Probably have the best front seven in the NFC East. But the the Eagles are a solid team that are, what, five years removed from a Super Bowl? Um, Marred by injuries. But they may be feasting on Ben DiNucci on a Sunday night. Five years already? What was it, 20? Maybe four. It might have been. Four years? Uh, It's been a while. I always think it's recent, but it's not really that recent. Because Foles played for what? He had another year, and they played for the Jaguars, and now he's on the Bears. Might have been three years then. I don't know. But, I mean, they're not – the point is, like, they're not far removed from it. Like, Right. They still got Carson Wentz and stuff. I mean, it's not a it's not a bad football team. It's probably the favorite at this point, you'd think, in the NFC East, um, just because Dak has gone on those things. And Washington, maybe, but I don't really see it. Uh, the Giants seem pretty bad, too. So, you would probably put your faith in, in the Eagles. You're not putting your faith in Ben DiNucci to be the savior of the Cowboys? Maybe, dude, but, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. Like, I'm super excited for him to have a primetime slot and the opportunity, even though my expectations are low. But going back to the Dalton hit, that was the kind of hit, like, the second it happened, you're like, oh, my God, we're getting Benanucci for an extended period of time. Like, that was my first thought. Like, he was obliterated. That was like a that man doesn't know where he is kind of hit. Yeah. And then, I mean, this is completely off the point of Danucci coming in, but – do you see the Cowboys sideline reaction, or I should say lack of reaction when Dalton got hurt? <laughs> no, are they just still? Like, no one really, like, came to his aid. Like, no players were like, go get him. Like, there's not, like, that team is in a messed up place right now. And they're also selling, like, everyone. We didn't really mention that. They're trading off a bunch of dudes. They're shipping guys. They're cutting guys. They're, <laughs> like, they are, I think, embracing kind of a tank. Um, I don't think they'll be able to get like Trevor Lawrence or anything, but I think they'll be able to get Dak back and probably have some sort of top 10, maybe even top five if they tank the way they think they can. So 
I think they're a roll with Danucci. Uh, I don't think they're gonna rush Dalton back because I think at this point they're they're kind of okay losing. <laughs> at least it yeah. sort of seems like that. So, yeah. But I'm excited. You want to hit it with the next question? <clears throat> you want to hit it with the next question? Heck yeah! All right. So this question is not a college football question, but it's stemming from I like to give Jack a lot of sass when the Seahawks have bad things happen. And I'm like, you can't feel pain because the Seahawks are good. <laughs> so I can still feel you. pain. I was, I didn't feel pain. <laughs> I felt the, the, the sheer, just the amount of annoyance I had in that game for multiple reasons. My bet was lost. Um, just the stupid way of blowing. I won't even get into it. Go ahead. So I guess my question is what qualifies as sort of annoyance or pain for a fan base that's allowed? And maybe what are the levels of, of pain? What do you mean? Can you expand so upon like, that? Like, I'm not yeah, allowed so to like, feel pain? Like, for you, how do you view, like, for at a JMU level, for example, like the national championship losses, how do those compare to, like, a Colgate loss? I think annoyance is what comes back to me with those. Like, I feel hurt. Like, I, like, I know I did nothing. Like, that's just what fandom is. But if you're listening to this podcast, you probably understand this fandom and I don't have to explain it. So like after the national championship, I felt pain. I felt hurt. Um, I'd honestly say the same about Colgate, like a season ending loss like that. I would, I feel that kind of just like this runs over it's until next year. Like there, there's that pain of it. Um, but let's say an Elon type of loss in that Houston year at home, that's an annoyance to me. Like everything's still on track for your season. Like that didn't really derail anything. You didn't come out of it with any horrible loss, like any horrible injuries, anything like that. It was just one of those annoying losses. And it's kind of like the Seahawks loss on Sunday night. If Stapleton doesn't fumble at the end of the Elon game, you win that game. And like, there are plenty of opportunities before in that game and that's what you start going back to you're like well the second quarter if we went for it on fourth instead of kicking the field goal or if this player did if they ran to this gap rather than here they might have had the first down and we would like those are the types of things in those games that create an annoyance for me now if the Seahawks go out and lose their next five and like their season kind of crumbles and that becomes pain to me same with the JMU after that Elon loss or say they start this season and just like go out and drop a bunch that'll be more painful um but i'd say a playoff loss or a super bowl or championship loss is when i start feeling pain as a fan and annoyance at any other time you when do you stop sympathizing with a fan base for their pain because like seattle i think i allow them to still feel pain like you guys are no, you like, don't you don't seattle. allow me to feel pain <laughs> Well, that's mostly joking, but like, I think your, yours is valid. It's not, I don't think it's the same as like having to watch like a Lions team that just sucks for decades, but I think it's still, you know, you got a good team when they fall short, that stinks. But like the Patriots being bad this year, like it stinks for Cam. I feel no sympathy for any Patriots fan. No, like, like how, no. how good do you have to be to stop sympathizing with the fan base? I think like a, a dynasty contender, like the Patriots are in it every single year. Like, it, like the Seahawks just keep coming back to them as my go-to example. Like if you, if we're being honest with ourselves, this is the first year you can label them like a Super Bowl contender, probably in the last like five years, like the last couple of years, their point differential was like plus two when they were like seven and two, like 
they were they weren't frauds, but they also weren't like they weren't going to beat a 49ers team three times. They weren't going to beat a Ravens, a Chiefs type of thing. They'd give them a run for their money and they'd be a thorn in a side. But like, so to, the Patriots are contenders almost every single year. Like the Celtics have that history and like their fan base has experienced multiple championships and like Lakers too. And those kind of like dynastic, I think that's a word like, uh, franchises that's the word to me it's hard to like sympathize with in the NFL though I kind of struggle thinking of another team other than the Patriots that like yeah. except for the 49ers but that's just because I hate them and the Rams because I hate them um, you're they, they can get destroyed by the Dolphins and I will feel happiness for them um, but that's the beauty of the NFL right like there's only one team that's pure dominance what what's yours is it is it the Seahawks are they towing the line no, I think they're they're like not as much of a dynasty. I think that's fair. I think teams that make championships repeatedly, like if the Dodgers had lost this year, I wouldn't really feel sympathy, even though they've had those like heartbreaking championship losses, just because it's like, all right, you're like very good. You're in a major market. I think a major market also like affects me kind of too, um, partially just because they're good. Um, but if you look at like uh, Lakers, um, even sometimes like the, the Boston area is pretty big, but like New York, like, like, I guess Knicks fans can feel pain, but I don't, like, sympathize. I, I think it's funny when you've got a major market and they're bad. Like, to me, that's, like, humorous. But if you get, like, a random franchise, like a Utah, and they just, like, have heartbreaking losses, I'd be like, oh, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, like, the Giants and Jets, I don't actually feel sympathy for. Right. Like, even the, the, the even though the Jets, we probably should, because, what, their only championship and really only, like, threat for a championship was Super Bowl three. Yeah. I don't really feel pain for them, but... Another team, another NFL team that I don't feel pain for when they lose is the Kansas City Chiefs. Because they're good? Because they're so good and... Holmes is like 11. That, and like their whole squad (laughs) locked up for like another four years, essentially. Like, they have McCole Hardman. They just signed Le'Veon Bell. They have Tyreek Hill for a while. They restructured Sammy Watkins. They just signed Kelsey to an extension. Like, all of these pieces. For them, like... Mahomes is so young. They have a coach that's relatively young in the terms of coaching world. He can go for like another 10. He could go for the rest of Mahomes' career. Like all of these things, they might not be a dynasty. They, they're on their way to becoming a dynasty. But like when they lose, I'm not like, oh, I feel bad for him. I'm like, all right, you have them next year. Woo, type of thing. I feel that. I feel that. A quick follow-up. This is not a full question, I don't think. But I wanted to get it in because we were talking about the Jets. There's been some, like, speculation that Trevor Lawrence should not go pro to avoid the Jets. What are your thoughts on that? I think you should avoid the Jets at all costs. I mean, they're a dumpster fire of a franchise, and they have been since winning Super Bowl three with Joe Namath. Like, name a quarterback that's, like, played well for them since then. I'll wait. Sanchez was okay at the beginning. Chad Pennington had, had some years. Sanchez was a great game manager. He had one of the best defenses. Of- that's what that's that's I feel like what the issue is. Like he won games and he wasn't even that good. Yeah. So like I know they're a dumpster. My big thing though that makes me crazy is people are like he should go back to Clemson, and I'm like if he doesn't want to play for the Jets, he should say I'm not playing for you, Paul and Eli Manning. Go get paid, dude. Someone I like tweeted a joke about it yesterday. Like everyone who likes this tweet, if he doesn't, if he returns to Clemson, I'll give you a million dollars. Then I got into like a conversation with someone. And someone responded to one of the tweets and they're like, 
I would go wherever they're willing to pay me to play the sport where my head gets slammed into the ground. And I was like, yes. Like, there's no reason to come back for another year. And even so, like, because he could, in theory, too, like, threaten that. And if the Jets are still like, I'm going to draft you, you can easily just kind of be like, well, I'm kind of taking a year off. I'm not entering the draft, and I'm just going to go work out for a year. Like, that might not be the best <laughs> long-term play, but, like, I'd, I'd, I would do that almost rather than going to the Jets. That's kind of a stupid thing. But you sign a bunch of endorsements. You get out of Clemson. You sign a bunch of endorsement deals. Like, I bet one of those major shoe places would love to get you in a commercial. Like, keep your name going. Um, throughout that year working out, you can still make money, and then you're not taking the hits to the head and everything. But even even if you threaten that and you're like, hey, Jets, I'm not playing for you and pull an Eli Manning, use your leverage. Like, no one looks at Eli Manning in a negative light anymore. Yeah, I think it's it's fine. I think that would be the play. And I think the Jets, if they fire Gase, like, I'm not completely out on that. Like, it's a big market if they hire a good coach. I would not be completely out on the Jets. Like, I know it would be a rebuild, but, like, you know who was else in a giant rebuild? Like, the Dolphins were in a giant rebuild. The Browns were, like, the epitome of a bad franchise. Baker Mayfield has them at 5-2. and two. I don't even think Baker's that good. Like, I think you can turn a franchise around, like, fairly easily. Yes, but the Jets have gone through many coaches, and they still suck. But I don't think they've ever had a good quarterback. Like, their first-round quarterback picks, like, had success. Like, Pennington made the playoffs. They were also going up against the Pats, which are not a diet. Like, that's a gettable division right now. Like, I, I think they – I would not be – like, if Trevor Lawrence goes back to Clemson, I think he's I think he's making a terrible decision. Yeah, I think going back to Clemson is probably the last option. But who knows? Clemson might be paying him. Um, might be the last option. That's true. That's true. Um, All right, I'll, we'll put your question. Big Ten, everything happening with this Wisconsin, some timely COVID news. How does this news kind of impact their season? They started late and they kind of made a schedule that was predicated on not really having this and kind of just going through the year smoothly. How does this COVID Wisconsin news impact the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going to be interesting because their policies are a lot stricter than other conferences where you go, like, your players, if you test positive, they're out for a minimum of 21 days, which is, like, a super long time. And, and the best thing the Big Ten did is it set it up so it had no schedule flexibility and it wanted to go, like, eight or nine games in eight or nine weeks. Well, <laughs> good luck with that. Like, that's already ruined. So I think that kind of screws it at this point. But we'll see. I mean, Wisconsin looked really good. Obviously, they're down to, like, their four-string quarterback. They're not playing this weekend. I don't know if they'll play the next weekend, depending on how many guys are out. Their head coach is going to miss 10 days. Like, it's just kind of a giant cluster at this point. Um, and other leagues have had these issues too, but they had enough flexibility because they started on time that they're, like, kind of making their way through. So the Big Ten being, like, it's not safe, and now it's safe, even though it's it's the same, if not worse, than it was when they said they weren't going to play. Like, I don't really understand what they're doing, but hopefully they finish. I know that, like, they're going to try – I think if they can get as many games in as possible, do whatever the heck a playoff you can get. Like, I don't really – I think if, like, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and a fourth team play in the playoff, nobody cares. Like, no one's going to complain. Like, if you give us that those matchups, like, as fans, other fan bases of, like, those ab obscure kind of schools that are on the fringe might be upset. But I don't think anyone's actually going to be upset. Like, even if Ohio State goes 5-0 and they barely play anybody, like, 
just give me a fun playoff and be like get it over with. Honestly, throw North Dakota State in there. Give me the top three quarterback prospects out there. Um, and we can just have fun with it. Really see who's the true number one. No, but I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, we all know Ohio State's probably going to win the Big Ten, so kind of just throw them in there now. And Big Ten kind of screwed up by saying we're going to start late and we are going to have no schedule flexibility because we still want to be part of the college football playoff. Gosh darn it. But like Pac-12 start? I don't think they're going to play. Oh, they're not going to play? I don't I don't. Really. So much has happened with the Pac-12. They might be actually. They don't matter. The Pac-12 doesn't matter. But man, I like that. I would kill for some night games, some like extra late night games, man. That's no, right. you have the Mountain West. You don't need the Pac-12. The Mountain West <laughs> kicking off at 10 p.m. is Jack works until three in the morning, most nights. Oh my God. God, that was pain. That was. I mean, the game before it. Really quick side tangent: the the trademark of Jamie Sports News podcast, the Wyoming game, Wyoming Nevada. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And then what well, was funny because that game then went into overtime. And so it ran into the UNLV game and UNLV San Diego State. And all of their fans were blowing up the CBS Sports Network mentions. Put the game on. Put the game on. And I'm just like, that game's meanwhile, like it's already 7 0. South Dakota State touched San Diego State, touched the ball once, just like drove it down their throats, scored. Like, you knew it was going to be a blowout. And you're here watching, like, the best game on CBS Sports Network of the day. And they're all like, we want to watch UNLV lose big time to San Diego State. And it's just like, bro, just you're not going to miss the whole game. Like, chill. It's streaming online. Like, there's so much to the whatever. But it was a great game. And then the nightcap uh, was an absolute blowout that took forever. I love fans, man. I just love fans. They're so fun. That's classic. Do you think the, the college football season will finish? Yeah. I do, too. There are some doubts. Like, I don't know. I was like, they're going to just do whatever they do. It might not be full, but they're going to go out. They're going to play a bunch of rivalry games, and then they're going to play the um, – they'll just play the college football playoff. They'll find a way to do it. They, I mean, and then they'll finish it, and great. Yeah. Have you seen the people complaining about the conference schedule? They're like, Alabama's not going to play a ranked opponent in their last six games for the first time in 20 years. And I'm just like, yeah, but they're going to play good SEC opponents. Like, the only reason they're not ranked is because, like, Florida beat up on Arkansas. Like, Arkansas's a good team. That, like, Coastal Carolina's ranked. You're really telling me an SEC school that isn't ranked is better than Coastal? No. Coastal's an elite football team. Um, I think they have a chance to win the whole thing. Coastal, BYU, Clemson, Bama. Let's do this thing. Liberty? Oh, Liberty. I forgot about Liberty. Liberty is going to run the table. <laughs> they got a bye week this week. They're going to rest up, get everything going, say a couple of prayers. Then they got Virginia Tech. They go out there. They take care of business there. That's lights out, man. That's curtains. They're in. All right. Next question. <laughs> All right. Let's go to let's go to JMU here because I think I feel like we've done a bunch of questions. I don't know. Uh, spring schedule came out. <laughs> JMU plays twice. Uh, against William Mary, Richmond, and Elon. Uh, according to Kurt Signetti, those are all three rivalry games. I don't fully agree on the Elon one. I guess for him, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if that's a JMU rivalry. Uh, he had a statement where he's like, there's nothing better than three rivalries. And I was like, where's the third? Um, but I think he, I guess it's a rivalry, unless he means the Moorhead State game. But the, the eight-game schedule is very easy, right? It's Moorhead State. Is that the first one? I don't know. They might draw. I mean, Moorhead pretty good it's the 51st state <laughs> and then you had what robert morris robert morris an nec opponent and then you go into your richmond richmond william and mary william and mary elon elon 
Good lord. Not yeah. in that order. It's like Richmond, right. William and Mary, Elon, Richmond, William and Mary, Elon. <laughs> it's like an April third game against Richmond, man. How weird is this <laughs> this sports year? Um, but yeah, are you excited for the schedule? It seems like, at least in my opinion, like it's an eight and zero. Oh, I'm hype. I'm so excited for it. Just like seeing it makes me realize that like this might happen. I still I'm I'm not entirely sure on if the spring season happens. But with Towson dropping out, I mean the CAA did the best they could with it. Like I still wish there was a championship and all that, but we know we're not getting that. Um I think it's interesting to move Delaware then up north and make it what is it, a four and a seven? <laughs> seven and four, yeah. Instead of six and five like I think you could have taken away that Elon game that Elon home and home and made it Elon Delaware and then a William and Mary home and home and a Richmond home and home and that just is less travel overall um but I'm I'm not I I haven't seen the north schedule but I they're not playing any home and homes I guess make it I don't the north is stacked though like well, so not fair. The thing that's <laughs> so funny about this, right, is they're still not doing a conference championship game. So, like, it's the standings, and Jamie was like pretty clearly going to go six and zero, and then all these North teams are going to beat up on each other. None of them are going to be able to tie, and they're going to get the auto bid. So, if you're JMU, this is ideal, except for the fact that you go into the playoffs having played like no one, probably. Um, maybe Richmond or Elon or William Mary becomes like a surprise team, but I don't think like they're going to be good enough to beat JMU. And when you've got like very few opponents to actually have to game plan for well not that jamie's game plan is gonna be anything other than like 73 runs a game but uh maybe defensively <laughs> cole johnson's not gonna throw a pass this year dude like they're gonna win by so much <laughs> literally gonna be like a triple option team oh. i don't know what my point was there but i guess they're i think the north is like i'd be kind of pissed if i was in the north like you have a yeah. really you're not getting an auto bid yeah you're gonna there's there's gonna be like the the best team to come out of North is going to be a two loss team. Yeah, well, it's who is it? It's, it's so you got Delaware, Villanova, New Hampshire, Stony Brook, Rhode Island, Maine, Albany, Maine, Albany. Like that's, that's pretty. That's good. a good like Albany. I think was second in the CAA last year. Delaware is always a good team. Nova Villanova should... at one point was highly ranked, and then kind of the tires fell off. Same with Stony Brook. They were they get, they took it down to the wire with JMU and they were a top team and then the tires kind of fell off. Um, well, New Hampshire's always a good program, like, and it's like you got to go to New Hampshire in February on a bus or March or whatever it is on is a bus. April, I guess, or I don't think it does it start in February. No, it's March, but it's like it's gonna be freezing on a bus. Like that's a like Delaware has to drive up to Maine on a bus. And when you're talking Maine, New Hampshire, some of those places, like even mid-March, like winter winter weather is still possible. <laughs> Cold temperatures are definite. I mean, it's like you got a chance at like rain, sleet, legitimate snow. I mean, it's going to be kind of nasty. And then Jamie will be vacationing down in Elon. They're going to go to Elon. It's going to get to like 70 degrees in like April. Oh, my. So, I mean, I think everything about the South seems like an advantage. Like, I think it would be sweet to watch the North as like a JMU fan. Cause like you're not really worried about them, but you get to watch them like play in the snow and get some like spring football and uh, the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team for JMU will both be winning national titles around the same time uh, they play Richmond football, which is sweet. I hate you. No, I'm really, I'm going to, I can't, this isn't a flow plug. It's just, unfortunately that flow is the only uh, 
provider for it. But you know, on Saturdays, I will be glued to the television. Oh, I won't because I'll be work. Actually, I don't know if I'll still be working. My contract will be up and I haven't been. That's a side. That's a completely other story. <laughs> Let's dive into this for the listeners. Um, Saturdays, I will be glued to the TV watching JMU football and watching whatever CAA I can get up north. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it should be some good stuff. You got any other questions? I was going to ask about the entire FCS and like, does, do they all play or are we going to see like the NEC and Pate, which is big because the NEC isn't, yeah. is, is on Jamie's schedule. Are we going to see them play? But I think we'll hold off on that one and let that one marinate until another week, maybe another two weeks, see how things shake out. I'm excited. I'm hoping by the next time we have a podcast, there are basketball schedules, man, because it's, it's less than a month until the season. Some of these schools, man, they're dragging their feet. There's a game against Florida that is still on for Jamie men's basketball in mid-December. So that should be exciting. Um, I think that – I want to say they had that, like, worked out with Roe because Roe originally played at Florida. And they played. I was going to say that was definitely a Roe game. I think that's a Roe game that they just, like, found a way to keep. Um, so that's the kind of win that you get that one. It puts you on the map. And $90,000. Yeah, and the, and the money that Jamie needs. So – um, the Duke Club's doing some cool fundraising stuff if people want to look into that. And um, obviously it's a pandemic, but if you've got a Is little, you've got a little extra coin during this challenging time and you want to um, help out the athletic department, you certainly can in some creative and fun ways. So that's kind of cool. Are we sponsored by the Duke Club now? Did you? No, I, you know about I wanted to give a plug. That would be a very challenging job this time of year. Like, I feel like that's, yeah, I think that's a challenging job no matter what and then even but, now in the middle of a pandemic it's even it's like, worse you gotta be slightly concerned about like your own job security while also worrying about like you're asking people during this terrible time to give money so it's it's tough but they're doing they're doing a good job and i'm excited man we're so close to jamie sports returning in some capacity so fingers crossed that uh, uh basketball goes maybe hope because uh there are lots of like potential issues with some of these uh these little basketball tournaments the testing and obviously basketball small roster you have a couple guys go down and you're pretty much out of commission for a little bit missing some games so it's going to be a a whirlwind schedule yeah in all honesty i've hardly even looked at basketball and i know it's like right around the corner like in the grand scheme of life like normally this is when we're starting to gear up our men's basketball talk on the podcast but it just does not feel that way i feel like we're still in the thick of sec play and and football is still just like the talk. Um, so it's weird to me that like in a normal year, men's basketball like starts in two weeks. I was cracking up because I was reading a tweet about Wisconsin's uh, November 7th game with Purdue. And they're like, this game, like, is it in jeopardy? And I was like, why are they talking about a game that's like so far down the line? Because the Big Ten just started. I'm like, oh my God, it's, I forgot that it's like <laughs> the end of October. This game is in 10 days or whatever. Like, it's crazy that we have like, Wisconsin played one football game and it's November, basically. Yeah, for those Big Ten fans out there. It's insane, bro. So, oh, and the Lions, the Lions, before we wrap up, they got Everson Griffin. He's going to come in after the bye. Uh, I think the Colts are overrated. Lions upset them. Then they go Vikings, Washington. They got an easy schedule the rest of the way. They're going to win out 13-3. We're going to see the – well, I told Matt Wyrick we'd see the Saints in the NFC Championship game. I told you we'd see the Seahawks. You guys fight that out. <clears throat> excuse me i'm getting choked up i uh i do think i don't let this go to your headlines fan um 
I think the Lions are like a sneaky good team because what their first like four losses they had double digit leads in the fourth quarter like you hold on to two of those and what you're sitting at four and three right now I don't want to oh my god I don't want to blame the officials and say that like the NFL is rigged against the Lions all I'm saying is if the Lions were like the Patriots they'd be six and oh that's there's just a lot of hate against it's Detroit versus everybody, man. It's us versus the world. Blue collar. Blue collar. Blue collar. On the Seahawks side of things, I do believe that this five game stretch they have that started last week against the Cardinals. Um started off on a terrible foot with the L after having that huge lead against them. I yeah. do think Seattle will go three and two in this five game stretch. Um, and then their last six games are gimmies. So I hope if Seattle doesn't finish four and two, I think there might be legitimate pain. And that's, that's, that's something I don't expect you to sympathize with. Cause at 14 and two, you're probably a one seed in the NFC, but like. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you'll get to 14 and two with the way the lions are competing right now. Um, Do the Seahawks play the lions? No, but I just think there's like an intimidation factor, like around the <laughs> It reverberates through the NFL. <laughs> when you see a team just stacking up wins, dude, they're two and zero after their bye. Here's a take. Here's a take before we before we go. The Lions didn't have a preseason this year. They went one and three in their first four games. A preseason is preseason is typically four games long, and now they're two and zero since then. So in a normal year, they would be two and zero. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if if we're counting <laughs> the games that count, not this preseason, they're undefeated, dude. Like it's sweet to see that. I hate that. I hate that the last two weeks we've had such weird ways to end these podcasts. I forgot what what last week was. Oh, man. Uh, but with that, we'll wrap up this interesting lightning round episode of the JMU Sports News Podcast um, that we recorded at 7.48 p.m. Normally, this is a midday recording and we're full of energy. But, you know, I was just a little tired today. I can't speak for you, Bennett, but I was kind of a... Uh, Finished a nine-hour, ten-hour shift of work. Jumped right into this and a little drained. But for Bennett Conlon, we got through this one. <laughs> On that note. I love that at the end. Just, I'm exhausted. Anyway. <laughs> Bye. I'm tired working 20 hours in the last two days. Um, That's crazy, bro. You're like, uh, like a coal miner. But with content. content mining. Content mining. <laughs> We're Bennett Conlon. My name is Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful bit of it. Wonderful ribbit. Can't talk. Wonderful rest of your day. <laughs> See ya. Great pod, man. I thought we were really electric throughout. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.